Hi there, thanks for joining us today. We're actually drawing uh, to a close on our series of messages from the Book of Acts. In fact, next week will be the last one where Gareth looks at Acts chapter 15, which in some ways concludes the first half of the Book of Acts. But for today's message, you know, I wasn't sure what passage I should speak on. I've got some uh, different ideas, uh, but I felt God draw me back to the subject I began the new year with. It's something that is foundational to the book of Acts, and it's absolutely critical in seeing God's plans and purposes come to pass. It's an absolute privilege that we get to participate in this, and it's been called the most pivotal and the most puzzling activity in the Christian life. And of course, I'm talking about prayer. Now, please don't switch off, all right? Don't be saying, oh, I know about prayer. No, you don't. None of us do. And that's why I feel the Holy Spirit wants to underline this for us. He wants to impart faith to us. There are things he wants to accomplish, answers that he intends to give that may only happen because of a prayer that you and I pray in 20 minutes time and in the days that follow. So please stay with me. It was last Sunday that I felt God prompt me uh, to give this message. And he used an 11-year-old boy called Curtis, who comes to our Portsmouth gatherings with his mum. During the worship, Curtis quite boldly went up to the mic and he shared a word that he felt God had given him. He said this, uh, quoting from Philippians 4, Do not worry about anything, but pray and ask God for everything you need. He'd heard someone uh, give an analogy the week before about ordering uh, food in a restaurant where you might say, you know, that's not what I ordered. And he said that kind of relates to praying. You might think that what God gives us when we pray is wrong. But later on, you find out that God doesn't do stuff for no reason. God does stuff for the good. That's why we trust him. Amen. Thank you, Curtis. But that raises a question, doesn't it? Right? If we ask for something, but God has already purposed to give us something else because it's for our good, then why bother asking? Now, I've talked a lot recently about the sovereignty of God, that God will always have the last word. But if that's the case, then why bother praying to God for anything, right? I mean, if God ordains and controls everything, then what is planned will surely come to pass. As it says in uh, Isaiah 14, verse 24, it says, The Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I have planned, so it will be. And as I have purposed, so it will happen. So why bother praying if the outcome's already been determined? It's a question that may have occurred to you if you heard the story last week from Acts chapter 12. We're told that King Herod executed one of the apostles, James, had him beheaded. And then he arrested the apostle Peter and put him in prison, awaiting trial, and no doubt intended on executing him as well to please the Jews. But in Acts 12 verse 5, it says there, So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Constant, persistent prayer was being made for Peter. And the result was that God intervened. An angel came and rescued him from prison. But you see, it raises a question. Why was James executed while Peter was rescued? Because surely the church was praying in both situations. 
We aren't told they were praying for James, but it seems inconceivable that they would be praying when Peter was arrested and that they didn't pray when James was arrested, right? So assuming that the church was earnestly praying for both men to be delivered, how comes only Peter was rescued? And last week we saw that you know, God was in control of both situations. He was sovereign over both James' life and Peter's life and the outcome. It wasn't that evil prevailed over James and God prevailed over Peter, right? There's not some kind of cosmic battle between good and evil where we can't be sure of the outcome. No, God is on the throne of heaven. He determines the outcome. Jesus had already indicated that both James and Peter would die a martyr's death. That had already been determined. And this time was the time for James. On that day, God wanted James to be with him. But Peter was rescued to live another day. Right? God still had plans for Peter. But the day would come when Peter would die as well. So God was sovereign over James's execution and Peter's rescue. And I suspect that the church understood that. Because earlier on in Acts chapter 4, in another prayer meeting, it says that they prayed to the sovereign Lord about those who were persecuting them, and they said to God about those who conspired to kill Jesus, they said they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Right? It had been predetermined. But again, it raises the question, doesn't it? Why bother praying? If God's already planned what will happen, if God had already determined to take uh, James and deliver Peter, why pray? What difference does it make? Why should we pray for anything? You know, for ourselves, for others, uh, for healing or for salvation, why bother? If we know that in the end, God's will will be done. Isn't prayer a bit pointless? I mean, if we truly believe that God is sovereign and he knows all things and we don't and that his purposes in the world and for our lives are always for good. And if we truly trust him, surely we should just pray, look, your will be done, right? I mean, why pray anything else? But you see, that line of thinking didn't seem to occur to the saints in Acts chapter 12. It just says they were praying earnestly to God for Peter. James's execution didn't seem to dampen their prayers one bit. So how come? I think the answer is that God, in his sovereignty, has determined to accomplish his will through our prayers. That he's chosen to fulfill his plans and purposes through the prayers of his people. I guess the bottom line is what it says in James 4 verse 2, where it says, You do not have because you do not ask. In other words, there's a very real connection between our asking and God acting. Think about that for a second. If you don't ask, you can't expect to receive. Peter was delivered according to God's will because his people asked. But what about James, right? Wouldn't they have asked for him as well? Yes, I'm sure they did. But we've got to conclude that God had different plans for James. And it's at that point that we say, your will be done. Which is why prayer is something of a mystery, isn't it? Because we don't know the sovereign will of God, do we? The Bible says his ways are not our ways. We can know his revealed will because that's what's been revealed to us in the Bible. 
We know, for example, that he wants all men to come to repentance. Right? We know that he wants to heal. Uh, he wants uh, us to seek peace and to pray for those in authority. He wants to give us his peace when we bring our requests to him with thanksgiving. We can read those things in the Bible. And so it's his revealed will that should inform our praying. We pray for people to come to repentance. We pray for healing. We pray for the governments. We pray for peace. But we don't know exactly how God will sovereignly work out these purposes in our lives and situations in response to our prayers. That's where we have to trust him. Can you see? But the main point I want us to get hold of is that God has planned to accomplish his will through our prayers. As John Piper has written, uh, he says, you know, if God predestined that something happened in answer to prayer, it won't happen without prayer. And I know that raises questions, which is why it's been called the most puzzling and pivotal activity in the Christian life. But make no mistake, our prayers really do matter. Uh, listen to one of the great English uh, Puritans of old, uh, William Gurnall, in his classic book, The, the Christian Incomplete Armour. Uh, this is from uh, his uh, chapter on why prayer is necessary to the Christian because of its power. He writes here, God will do no great matter for a saint without prayer, and nothing is too great for him to do at his request. Okay, God will do no great thing for the saint without prayer. Again, listen to John Piper. He says, God plans the world, and part of his planning for the world is the praying of his people for what he plans to do. God plans the world, and part of his planning for the world is the praying of his people for what he plans to do. Well, how about this quote from Marshall Siegel, who's a writer for Desiring God. He says, we should assume that God has very few plans for the world that do not involve the prayers of his people. His will will be done whether I pray or not. But his will will not be done without prayer, because he has chosen to make prayer indispensable. Do you realize what that means? It means that prayer is one of the most astonishing, astounding, amazing privileges given to human beings. It's stunning, really, isn't it, when you think about it, that God chooses to act in the world and to fulfill his purposes through our prayers. Even though when we're asking him for things, we don't always know how he is going to act. But it's why there are so many encouragements and exhortations for us to pray in the New Testament. Over and over again, we are encouraged to pray. And it's because our prayers are vital to seeing God's will accomplished on earth. Just listen to some of these scriptures you know, for a start. Jesus says, when you pray... Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father. He says, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Be on your guard, keep awake, and pray. He says, pray for those who abuse you. Pray for one another that you may be healed. I urge that prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Devote yourselves to prayer. Pray without ceasing. Be constant in prayer. Pray at all times in the Spirit. Let your requests 
be made known to God. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Ask and you will receive. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You do not have because you do not ask. And then in Luke 18, uh, where Jesus told the parable of the persistent widow, he says it's so that we might always pray and not lose heart. I hope that encourages you to keep on praying. You know, your very next prayer might be the appointed means by which God has planned to demonstrate his power in saving or healing or delivering or providing. Your very next prayer might bring it to pass, so don't give up. Your prayers matter. They are accomplishing God's purposes. Maybe there's something that you yourself are struggling with right now. It's been a battle and you've been saying, Lord, will you fight for me? But know this that God intends to win your battle through prayer, through your prayers and the prayers of his people. So don't give up. Keep praying and ask others to pray with you. And you know, there's no set way in which we should be praying. It's simply us communicating with God, talking to the creator of the universe, who's also our loving heavenly father, bringing our request to him. And that could happen you know, during a few seconds through the day when you're driving the car or you're in the shower or because of what you're watching on news. Or it might be for hours at a time or even through the night. It could be on your own or with another person or a whole room full of people. It can be silent or with groans that only God understands. It can be with shouts and loud cries. It can be praying words from the scriptures or from a revelation he's given you. It can be praying with our minds or praying with our spirits. There is no formula. But however we pray, let's pray earnestly to God understanding that our prayers are accomplishing his purposes on earth. So let's pray that the sick will be healed. Let's pray that the lost will be saved. Your son, your daughter, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your neighbor, keep on praying so that God's plans and purposes will be accomplished in their lives. Let's pray for addicts to be set free, for the unborn to be protected, for the poor to be raised up, for peace in our nation. Pray for justice. Pray for those who offend you. Pray that God will fill you with his spirit and his love. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy who says, why bother? What difference do your prayers make? No. Your prayers are powerful and effective. Your prayers are bringing the kingdom of God to earth. Your prayers are accomplishing God's purposes. Your prayers are carrying out his plans. Not one is wasted. Listen again here to uh, William Gurnall. He says, uh, never was faithful prayer lost at sea. Some prayers indeed have a longer voyage than others but then they come with the richer lading at last into the port. So what do you need right now? Ask him. As I draw to a close here, right? If you don't ask, you can't expect to receive. So ask him and keep on asking. Jesus told us to do that because our prayers are being heard and they're being acted on. And who else do you need to pray for to see God intervene and act in their lives? You know, there are answers that God wants to give grace he wants to provide, blessings he wants to pour out, but he's waiting for your prayer. And however and whenever God chooses to answer those prayers, let's remember that he is in control, that he alone knows all things, and that his purposes are always good and wise, 
And as Curtis said, we can trust him for the outcome. Amen? Let's pray.